0: Hello there everyone and welcome to Psych To Be With You, episode 4. Today I'm speaking with my very special guest Rachel Button, owner of local board game cafe Sugar and Dice over here in Liverpool. It was a great chat, we chat all things as you might imagine, board games, small business ownership as well as therapy and much much more. Uh, As ever it was a great chat, I really hope you enjoy it, all the important links and information will be attached to the description of this episode and it's a great listen. I'll speak to you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sight to Be With You. This is episode four now, I think. It's oh, what a wild time we're having uh, today. Got another very special guest with me, uh, as per usual, housekeeping for the talk show, the lights muted, all things like that. Um, let's just get stuck in. So, this is one of those interviews that I knew I wanted to have soon as I was doing this type of project. Uh, my special guest, I'll pass it over to you. Please tell us who you are, what you do, and what you like to do when you're not doing that.
1: Uh, hi, so I'm Rachel Button. Um, uh, the reason that Chris and I know each other is because Chris is a regular visitor to my cafe in Liverpool, which is a board games cafe called Sugar and Dice. Um, when I'm not at Sugar and Dice, I have another job. I'm also a psychotherapist, um, and I try to incorporate using board games into my therapy work. Um, And then when I'm not doing either of those jobs, I've got a couple of different hobbies, but I'm struggling for time at the moment. Um, I love going out walking. Um, I'm a member of an amazing walking group, uh, Merseyside Young Walkers. Uh, I play the piano um, and I play a lot of board games. It's a bit like a busman's holiday, my days off.
0: (laughs) So, as you can imagine, we have got a heck of a lot of awesome stuff to be talking about already. Um, let's sort of just talk about like work-related things. So, mm-hmm. um, what have you got going on, sort of in Sugar and Dice at the moment? What's coming up there? And then what sort of then sort of psychotherapy? What's going on with that?
1: Yeah. So, Sugar and Dice, um, obviously, we we were closed over lockdown. So, uh, we reopened. Oh, it's, it's been about three months now. Um, so, it's slowly kind of getting a bit more normal and we're getting a few more people through the doors. So we had kind of, um, suspended all of our events and things. So we've just started bringing all of those back, um, mostly play, you know, role playing games, Dungeons and Dragons is coming back. Uh, at the moment, we're getting a lot of meetup groups. So I think, you know, a lot of people have obviously been stuck at home for a long time throughout COVID. So there seems to be a lot of uptake on people coming along with different meetup groups. Um, so the kind of next step with Sugar and Dice is to try and bring back more of those events. Um, we've actually got, um, a, it's a sort of an intern coming along to come and help us with some marketing and things like that. So to help us and with the uh, event ideas and event planning. So hopefully in the next sort of month or so we'll have somebody whose job it is specifically to be working on that side of things with the business. Um, to get, I mean I've, I always have loads of ideas of things that we can do in the cafe and then I never get time to execute them so if it's somebody's job to do that then hopefully some of them will actually happen now um, so it's all very exciting hopefully um, more people will be coming and it will be full all the time
0: I mean okay so you know full disclosure as we noted there I'm a huge fan of Sugar and Dice it is a little slice of heaven on earth in my opinion uh, I'm not paid to say that uh, that's why you know <laughs> Rachel's agreed to join me today uh but that that's great i mean you know it's it's nice there's a always a nice hubbub a nice feel when you're in the cafe i think it has a good atmosphere um but i think i was gonna say when you were saying oh you we've got all these ideas i i very much get the impression that you have all these ideas and then you get busy and then don't have a chance to execute them uh absolutely is,
1: yeah yeah a yeah. victim
0: of your own success as it were <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so we've actually um signed up it's a government scheme called kickstart so we've signed up to the scheme and it's um it's a scheme that helps us as a business but also helps a young person to get employment so it's um they come along and work for us full time pretty much for six months um to gain experience but you know we are allowed to pick somebody that's got experience in the right area so we've we've we're interviewing at the moment people that have got a little bit of kind of event planning and social media expertise. And then whenever we've chosen the right person, they'll be coming along so I can just throw those ideas at somebody else and, and tell them to do it. So, like, hopefully that will all work out. Um, and you know, we really want to get the open gaming back. So we got people coming on their own so that they can just play with other people and making new friends. Uh, when we did that before, we would donate a percentage of the money that we made to Mind because it's all about kind of making friendships and combating loneliness and making connections with people. Uh, but we've also got ideas to to get gaming sessions for toddlers in, you know, we've got games from two years plus. So we want to get, you know, we've got all these different groups of people that we can sort of focus on and get them in and playing whatever games it is that they enjoy so there's
0: so many different markets that we can young. tap into start them young get absolutely. them absolutely you've got to indoctrinate
1: the them at, at two yeah
0: like <laughs> yeah. there's this whole world of ball games you're right here let's let's get them on it uh, and yeah. what, what other events do you if i remember correctly obviously like, uh dnd um rainbow mm-hmm. gamers is another one rainbow games absolutely uh, yeah uh, i mean I, again like i actually went to one of your open gaming events uh the deception night i think mm-hmm. it was in an october oh uh, yeah uh, there is nothing more fun than playing like werewolf uh, or uh, ultimate <laughs> werewolf with a group of strangers where everyone is putting on wild accents and being all types of whimsy I, I very much enjoyed that um so yeah. yeah uh can you tell us about uh those a bit more of those events like rainbow gamers for example
1: Uh, So Rainbow Gamers is kind of a regular night almost. But um, again, we donate a percentage of any money that we make on that evening to a local LGBT charity. Um, So whoever comes along, they can vote whichever charity they want to raise money for. Uh, So we've raised money for the Armistice Centre. We've raised money for the Michael Corser Foundation, um, the YPASS, the Young People's Advisory Service. So there's been lots of different sort of charities that that people are really passionate about and want to give back to. And it's a really nice way for people, you know, people can come and have fun, but they're also raising money for their favourite charities. Um, We also kind of tend to bake some sort of rainbowy cake for them so that, you know, we can really go all out on the theme um, but it's you know importantly a lot of the LGBT community just find it a really safe place. So it's somewhere nice that they can go to where you know everybody is welcome. Everybody knows they're accepted regardless of gender or sexuality. Like you know, so, and we've had really good feedback on on that front as well.
0: Yeah, and that and you know, that, to be honest, that's that's incredible. That's the you if more spaces and places picked up that kind of ideology, the, the world would be a much nicer place, yeah. right? yeah um, so let's i've got i've got like a few different avenues of questions i kind of want to go down but let's <laughs> just talk yes. about so let's go back a little bit and um, mm-hmm. how did sugar and dice start were you just one day there a woman with several hundred board games and the ability to break bake brownies that literally are fit for the <laughs> gods um and go maybe i should monetize this
1: yeah, I, I always, I wanted a cafe from from a really young age. I've I've always been a baker, like, you know, I've baked cakes for fun. And, and, you know, you know, when your family sort of go, oh, you should have a cafe. And I was like, yeah, I should do that. And then as I, you know, as I got older, I was like, oh, actually, like, can I do this? Like, you know, the doubts sort of set in. Um, and I actually went off to train to be a food technology teacher um and then after three years of teaching i thought you know what packs of young people aren't for me um, and i just sort <laughs> <Sorry>. of thought, <laughs> decided to uh to open a cafe and i was sort of thinking oh, how how am i ever going to make it unique or you know there's so many awesome cafes in liverpool like you know what's going to be different about mine um, and I actually visited a board games cafe down south somewhere, and I just thought, oh my god, this is this is it. This is what I want to do, and I think Liverpool's the right place. So it all just kind of started from there. Um, and it, it could, I still look back. We've been we've been open nearly five years now, and I still can't quite believe that people pay money for my cakes that I make, and you know that it is a success and like people are coming and we've hopefully got through COVID and you know, and it's all okay. So it's, it, yeah, it kind of blows me away a little bit.
0: Okay. So let's, let's just quickly talk before the origin story, let's talk about the baked goods. Okay. Cause this is, this is serious <laughs> business. I have to ask, you don't have to disclose it live, but what is in those brownies? How do you, I've, <laughs> I've tried to bake brownies. It always goes wrong. I've tried these really funky, like, healthy brownies, like, sweet potato and all that kind of crap.
1: That's where you're going wrong.
0: I've tried, like, just (laughs) normal brownies. It just doesn't work. But, like, I have, I will confess, I have literally, like, mail-ordered Rachel's brownies several times in batches, including through lockdown, because they're just, like, a beautiful substance. How? how How? I don't understand it. Yeah, it's just a typical brownie recipe.
1: Um, There's lots of butter and lots of sugar, (laughs) you know, all of the naughty things. You know, we put lots of sweets in them. I think the after eight brownies are probably uh, after eight and chocolate orange brownies are probably the most popular. Um, I think chocolate brownies. Genuinely, it's one of the first things I ever baked. So I think I've got thirty-three years experience of baking brownies. So it shows. I I, I guess I've just got the knack.
0: (laughs) So. It, it just uh, yeah it shows i don't i don't, I mean i like this is okay so this is a dilemma right like i've had your cakes as well i've had various cakes they're good right like no shame no shade on those but the brownies are just they're just another level i don't understand it it must just be that expertise i feel obliged to ask because you know we're british have you ever been tempted to apply for the great british bake-off
1: um no <laughs> no Fair actually enough. not Um, I do love the Bake Off. Um, I I wouldn't want to be on TV. Um, I don't think I, I, would yeah, I love baking cakes.
0: No one, no one tell Rachel she's live on Twitch. No one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't, I don't think I've got the, the, um, the different skills that they have on the Bake Off, you know, like I can make bread, but I'm not that good. And I don't particularly like it. Um, I like making pastry, but I'm a bit lazy, so I don't... Do, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I can do cakes and I can do brownies and that's fine, but I wouldn't want to be sat there making bread on a stick on a campfire like they did in one of the final. Like, just no, <laughs> it's not for me. No,
0: nope, that's that's fair. Okay, so you debate good. So I'm presuming you were a board gamer before, before the cafe as well. That was the other string. Too. Yeah. So
1: yeah. Did you just yeah. have a
0: huge collection or...
1: Not a huge collection. I had some of the kind of classics, you know, modern classics. So, you know, I had Sat of Catan and Ticket to Ride and Pandemic and, and then a few other kind of kind of quirky games. And then as soon as I sort of thought, oh, I, I think I want to start a board games cafe, honestly, every single birthday, Christmas, whatever, I just got board games. So like for about two, two, three years, like it was just just buy me these games. And they weren't for me. They were to sort of start collecting ready for the cafe so when I look back at pictures from five years ago we we barely had any games like I look at it and we've got one game in in the shelf cube like face on to take up space and and now we're constantly like having to any game that hasn't been touched in a month goes like because it needs to be replaced with something newer or more exciting or more interesting so it's 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 yeah when you look back at how it's changed it's it's interesting
0: Okay, so then I have to ask and again we will get to the origin story, we will but I have to ask <laughs> yes. like what what are some of your favorite your favourite board games? You know, what 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 do you like to play when you get chance? Or better yet, to, to maybe frame the question a bit better, someone comes in and says, I don't know what to play, what what are the games that you recommend that you like? Oh, play this.
1: Yeah, so I've I've also like we've all all the different stuff have got different favorites which is good so we're all kind of suggesting different things me personally um I I, I mean I like animals so any game with animals and I'm sold basically so quite recently I think it was last year there was, a game was released called Calico and uh, it's you have to make a patchwork quilt and then depending on how you uh, place the tiles you may a, a cat may be attracted to your quilt and come and lay down and have a sleep <laughs> on your quilt uh, and you get points for for your cats at the end of the game. And I just, you know, not only is it about cats, but it's a really, really great puzzle game as well. So I'm absolutely in love with that one. And it's just beautifully made as well. Like, it's a gorgeous game. Um, there's another really, really silly game. I don't know if you've seen it called um, Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. And um, it's got the cutest artwork. It's very similar to Double in that it's a speed game, and you have to sort of put a card down. And each each time you put a card down, you say Taco Cat, goat, Cheese, or Pizza. And if the card matches what you're saying, you all have to sort of fight to get your hand down on the pile of cards first. And it's just daft,
0: is, do you know is what that, I mean? And is and... that like a simplified Double then? Because Double like is quite not only does it come with different variations, but for so for those that don't know, Double is like it's a it's a card based game. There are multiple versions you can play, but. They all have different images on and you essentially say playing like snap so you flip your card over you put it on the pile and you look for an image that matches uh one from the previous card right that's the general mm-hmm. generally yeah. play double um so yo, know, i'm a visually impaired person i find double quite difficult because the symbols mm. change in size uh, particularly if you're playing a themed one where i have no idea what something is like I've played mm-hmm. the Harry Potter one before and like I'm not a, the biggest Harry Potter fan, so I'm like the wingy thingy. Yeah. <laughs> so is it like I a think more you'd find simplified this version? This one
1: easier. Yeah. It's it's kind of I'd say it's probably a similar difficulty level because because it's so simple, you, your mind gets then confused and you start playing rules to other games. So you start snapping when there's a match and that's not what you're meant to do, and then you have to pick up cards if you make a mistake. Um it's just I think we played it right at the end of the last lockdown and I haven't laughed that much in ages and I was like this is what the world needs right now we all need this stupid little game that fits in your handbag that you know we could just giggle at and it's just I love it so much it's great.
0: Okay, that's great. Um okay, this is again slightly different. Well, how do you feel about digitization of some games? So like Carcassonne for example, like that has a, a very popular video game and app version. Are you, are you, like, a, an original is best that should be played on the tabletop, kind of?
1: Yeah, yeah, I am a bit. Um, I don't really play computer games. I don't really, it's it's Blasphemy. just, I, I have, <laughs> I have Steam and I have, like, games on Steam. I don't think I've ever touched it. I don't think I've ever opened it. Um, for me, it is about being there with people. It's about the social connection and and it's yeah to to then sit on my own at home and play it online. It's it's not that's not what I'm going for. So I guess I guess it's not actually about the games. Sometimes for me, it's about the people that I'm with and the experience that I get from it. Rather than obviously, I'm picking good games as well, but it's about being with people.
0: Okay, no, I mean that that's fair. I mean like Carcassonne kind of a, a bad example, really, because one of the benefits I have that is that it, it automatically works out the uh, farms farmland because oh, <laughs> that's so hard to do like offline <laughs> but like oh do you
1: know what we get so many people that come into the cafe and they go yeah i know how to play pandemic because they've played it on on a you know on a computer somewhere and then two minutes later they're going rachel what do i do because they've got no idea how to set it up or what any of the rules actually are because it's just done for them um so it, that just makes me chuckle sometimes
0: yeah it's it's definitely different i do agree though i think there is something special i mean again like i've i've recently started playing d and d because of an event that you know you sells Rudder sugar and dice <laughs> um we actually played uh parks yesterday which is a new ish game um for those that don't know it's it's you gather your two your, your hikers uh you gather materials uh, and then you buy great american national parks and like the core concept of the game is very simple you gather resources you spend tokens But my word, the art style's beautiful. Like, it's just that you could just look through the cards and just have a great time and not even play the game. And that is something that you just wouldn't get on a screen. Mm. Some of them look like Bob Ross. the pieces are beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah and it's it. the
1: tactile, the tactile nature of picking up those pieces and and especially that game, like they're all beautiful, like little wooden pieces, and you've got all these little wooden animals. And yeah, there's just something about having the game physically in front of you that's that, that I it just really appeals to me.
0: Okay, so let's let's dial back. Give us the actual origin <laughs> story. I know I, I was joking like you were one one with a bunch of board games and some bacon ability, but how did sugar and dice come to be? You always wanted a cafe, how did you make it happen?
1: yeah uh so so i quit teaching uh that was step one um and uh while i was kind of figuring out what to do i was baking cakes for other people's cafes um in doing that i met uh, a really good friend of mine called hannah who used to own a cafe up the road called fodder um and i would borrow her cafe to trial out board game nights so um you know she would put on loads of scouse and then i would just bring a bunch of games and and we sort of charge people a ticket entry to come in Um, And they were really, really popular, which was obviously a good sign because it meant people wanted that. Um, And then through that, I actually met um, two people who became my business partners. So at the beginning, there was three of us. Um, And we all kind of had the same, you know, the same vision. Like we'd all been to other board game cafes. So we all kind of knew what we wanted it to look like or what we wanted it to be like and the atmosphere and all of that. Um, So we kind of, yeah, we got started well we 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 actually we were going to do it and then we thought oh there's so many things we want to do and we didn't quite have enough have enough money so we started a kickstarter um and the kickstarter funded i think we i think we got 14000 pounds from the kickstarter which is just again it blows my mind that enough people wanted this to put money into that um, and that allowed us to kind of get nicer tables and nicer chairs and improve the lighting. It paid for the alcohol license, you know, so there was a lot of things that that money went towards to kind of help make it better. Um, yeah, and we got we got up and running. Uh, and then my business partners, they they kind of, you know, had lots of different interests. they had done lots of different things before. So after about a year or so, once it was established, they decided that they wanted to, um go and pursue other interests so I bought them out and I've been running it on my own for three years I think now um yeah I think it's about three years now so we're just coming up to our fifth birthday
0: I mean so again it's almost like is again like I I know what Kickstarter is I've backed various board and video games on it it's almost like great to hear that that type of project exists on it as well I like it's mm. just maybe maybe you know look at what's in your local area peeps you know you never you might be funding the next sugar and dice in your part of the world and let's be honest the world needs more sugar and dices more sugar and dice. <laughs> maybe you know not the best marketing on my part there sorry <laughs> <laughs> so have you got anything planned for the fifth birthday any big events not yet no i
1: haven't had haven't had a second to think about it i think i'm you know it's just been, it's been hard work. I'm not going to lie, it's been hard work kind of getting it back up and running. Like with COVID, every time we were asked to close, it's almost like starting from the beginning. Every time you reopen, people don't feel safe or, you know, people are a bit cautious. So, you know, there's always, you've always got a few people that are desperate to get out and that, you know, they're there on day one. Um, but then, it you know, it takes time for people to to be comfortable enough to come back. So I feel like we we opened at the end of May and we're only just kind of getting to a point where we're busy enough, like we've just brought back two members of staff who, you know, had unfortunately been let go. So like, we're kind of just getting the staffing levels back up again. And so I haven't had time to think about the birthday party, but there, there will definitely be Prosecco and cake. So do you, do you need any more than that really? I and mean, games, obviously.
0: I mean, no, let's be, <laughs> like, you know, let's be honest. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, let's, let's talk about, I mean, I don't want to be like, let's talk about COVID some more, but just as your insight <laughs> as, like, a small business owner, you mentioned that it was, like, having to start again. You know, I, you know, what did you do to adapt? Because I, I know a little bit about that, but for the benefit of listeners, like, you came up with a couple of, I'm going to say, innovative ways to keep things ticking along.
1: Yeah, it was, um, obviously... <laughs> not ideal to be told to to close your business um and you know i'm i'm so thankful for the funding that we got because you know we wouldn't have survived without that so you know credit where credit's due you know the government kept us going um but we we did lots of kind of little bits and bobs um so i ended up doing uh board game rentals um so on a saturday i'd kind of marched down to the cafe and block the door off and people would like order which games they wanted to take home for the week like from the door and we did some uh, takeaway cake and stuff like that we changed our alcohol license so that people could take a couple of beers home with them as well and sort of recreate sugar and dice at home um and then we i also started running like zoom parties so groups of people would join a zoom call and there were various games that i could adapt or run via zoom um and uh, yeah there was quite a few evenings i was busy running these zoom parties um and it, you know they they weren't big money makers or anything but it kept people engaged with the business it kept me busy it kept me entertained <laughs> like you know and actually it was really nice to kind of this sounds really nosy but it was really nice to see into people's homes and so you know I, I met loads of people's cats because they would hold them up to the screen and like you know it was just it was nice to kind of have that connection with the customers in a different way. Um, so yeah it was it was
0: it was different but fun. I I have to ask how did you like cuz it when you when you mentioned using Zoom the first thing that came to mind was like you just like show people the board game and like you're moving all the pieces and stuff like how did you adapt like what was that process?
1: Yeah so we did more kind of like party style games um so it was it mostly kind of not trivia game like well yeah trivia games but also I don't know if you've heard of a game called Herd Mentality. So in herd mentality, it's kind of, you get asked these silly questions like, I don't know, um, what's your favorite finger? And you have to answer, but you're trying to write down the same answer as everybody else, so you want to be in the herd. Okay. So, you know, things like that. And everyone was writing down their answers and then holding it up to the screen. Um, and every single time, people were going, oh, it's backwards. And it's like, it's it's fine for everybody else. It's just backwards for you, <laughs> like, you know. Um, but yeah, it was people enjoyed them I think you know and quite a lot of people um would have you know it was usually a celebration so birthday party or something um but we had the sweetest group of doctors like did a did a couple of these sessions and they all ordered the same cocktails that were posted through each other's doors and bless them they ordered me a cocktail as well and posted it through to the cafe so that I could join in so again it's that shared experience like even though I was working it was really good fun didn't feel like work
0: I mean like that's that's what you want right I also have to ask what what's your favorite finger cuz that is a <laughs> that is a great question
1: Oh I don't know if I could I don't know like I mean obviously I I think I'd have to just put middle finger just just for the 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 banter for that Now
0: like you know I'm I'm the one doing the psychology but I'll be honest my mind panicked and the first thing that came to mind was lady finger which obviously <laughs> for those that don't know it's a, it's a baked good Going to clarify
1: that. You, you use the is that not what you use in a trifle?
0: Yeah, it's like lady fingers. Then you yeah. traditionally you lay them with brandy or something, don't you? I believe. Mm-hmm. Just add
1: booze, just any kind of booze. Yeah, yeah
0: pretty. Yeah. So just, what's your favourite finger? Yeah, that's a that next icebreaker. Next time you need an icebreaking question, <laughs> go with that.
1: It's a great game. Everyone should come and play it because it it will definitely. Spark conversations, and you will find out things about your friends that you never knew.
0: I am um, recently played uh, Scroll. At Sugar I mean, Lights I, I, and Lights. so
1: Head Mentality is the same same designer.
0: Ah, right. Okay. So again, for those that like, well, listeners benefit. Scroll. I mean, you know, feel free to Google it, uh, but it's essentially like written slash drawn charade. That like you're given a thing, you have to draw it. You pass that on to the next person. They have to draw what you've written. The next person writes what you have drawn, and you keep passing it along till it gets back to you. But obviously, the pa- it, so it's all like Chinese whispers as well, um, and like yeah, that's so like you whisper something and then you change it. Uh, I'm not sure if that's actually like a, a correct term nowadays. Apologies if it's not. Uh, it's probably not. Um, there you go, colonialism. Uh, but like yeah, it's it's a really fun game, and it can get so out of hand so quickly. And then it's all about having like the biggest laugh and that kind of like. It it be- almost becomes less about the game and just more about the laugh that you're having about how silly everyone is. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of energy you want, right?
1: It's so much fun. I love that game.
0: Um, okay, so talked a lot about sugar and dice. Let's sort of uh, mm-hmm. depart that for a moment. Tell us about your psychotherapy work.
1: Yeah. So, um, as, um, it, as if you didn't so have again, enough to do. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm such a glutton for punishment. Um, so again, when I was a kid, you know, I wanted this, I wanted a cafe, but then even from quite an early age, I think I was about 12 or 13. I sort of said, Oh, I want to be a, I want to be a counselor. I want to help people. And I want to, you know, I want to look after people that are struggling a little bit. Um, so yeah, we got sugar and I started in 2016 and I started my psychotherapy training, I think in 2017. So a year later started the training. It was a four year course um so yeah I finished that last year and I was able to sort of set up private practice um and you know we're always we were always encouraged to kind of use creative methods within our work um and I had a really really good supervisor who was super encouraging and was like well you know why don't you, why don't you play games with your clients and I was like oh yeah what a good idea um so yeah so sometimes I mean I don't do it with everybody it kind of depends on the client and what they're bringing um but without going too deep into into the theory so I practice transactional analysis which the kind of core foundation of is that we all have these three different modes of operating so we have a parent mode we have an adult mode and we have a child mode and quite often you know one of the things that when we're struggling, it's kind of, you know, sometimes for a lot of people, it's because they didn't really have good child experiences. You know, they had a lot of negative child experiences. And sometimes I sort of see my job is to get those positive child experiences in. Because we learn through play and we learn through laughing, you know, we learn so much through playing games. And sometimes it's almost like reverting back to that kind of younger self, and having a bit of fun and playing a game and and learning different sort of concepts or values through playing a game. For some people, it's just an icebreaker at the, you know, at the beginning of the session. For some people sitting in a room staring, you know, with somebody staring at you and telling them your deepest, darkest secrets is too much. So, you know, if we've got a game on the table, there's a distraction. So if if it does kind of become above their tolerance level, they can sort of go back to the game. And, And that's not to say that we're ignoring the problems. But, you know, it's very obvious to me kind of where the tolerance level is. And then we can sort of pull back a little bit and maybe address that later on or, you know, something like that. Um, So, yeah, so I've been seeing clients for um, a year now, um, mostly online because of COVID. um, But we're slowly getting back to kind of face to face sessions. Um, Yeah. And, you know, having both businesses, quite a lot of people go, oh, you know, you're a psychotherapist and you have a cafe, like what's that all about? But actually there's quite a big link between the two. Um and it especially for me, you know, going and playing games is is my my child time and to go and have a laugh and have a good time with some friends. Um, and you know, we see so many people in the cafe or you know people have the feedback that we've had from people is it feels like a safe space because you've got a game in front of you. Like there's there's like a, a bit of a psychological barrier there. Um, we get lots of people on first dates. I think again, because there's you've got something to talk about. There's something like, you know, if you've got those awkward moments, there's some you, you can go back to your game and sort of start playing again. And, you know, there's a real safety in these board games. So that that's kind of where the link is between the two two jobs, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I, I say a lot like in my sort of personally I'm not a therapist, but I mean, from what I understand, you know, there is a bit of a I'm gonna say boom in like making those connections and putting that together i know like of several Mm -hmm. therapists that use video games in play in the same way because it allows people to they're they're focused on the activity that actually Mm -hmm. facilitates their ability to discuss things that they maybe wouldn't do otherwise i mean you said it yourself they're that awkward scenario of just sitting a foot or two away from someone they're just staring into your soul making notes (laughs) that's that's quite a traditional very intimidating picture right yeah Whereas yeah so i
1: try and avoid that
0: yeah Whereas incorporating a game or something, I can see that uh, going pretty well as well. Like you know, I can, there's a big, there's a big thing like a whole, I know a whole. There's an organization like Geek Therapists, and I know there's a whole, mm-hmm. uh, pe- like you know, using uh, tabletop RPGs in therapy, because mm-hmm. um, like you know, you can use that role playing experience to to go through a lot of things. And you know, there's that whole mm-hmm. there's that whole joke that um, not all characters have to have a troubled past. You know, mm-hmm. like challenge yourself to play a D and D character that whose parents loved them, and they had a perfectly good upbringing, and it was you know there was no austerity. We can dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called role play for a reason. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And like how, like yo, know, how many people go for that trope straight away? And it, I think the the psychologist in my brain is kind of like, oh, well, that's because a lot of people like resonate with that. It's kind of what the stories we expect mm-hmm. to have and portray.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I mean, you know, I don't want us to get like too analytical in terms of like the. I mean, I I'd happily listen to theory and stuff all day, but I mean, how do you physically, you know, that must be taxing. Not just because it's both jobs, but like how do you manage being a therapist, like generally?
1: Um, it kind of. I, I guess it. I mean, it is a taxing job. You know, you're listening to people with very big and very real problems. Um, there's an element of kind of having one toe in the water, if you know what I mean. So, you know, there's I'm there and I'm present and I'm with them and I'm, I'm very empathetic. But at the same time, you kind of have to keep in your head that they're not my problems. And, you know, and I'm there to facilitate change or to help. Um, but, you know, if you start taking those problems home with you, then you, something's not quite right um we within our training i think with within ta there's quite strict um regulations so when we were training we had to do a lot of personal therapy ourselves so, you know, I've had four years of quite intensive personal therapy. So obviously, like, you know, I'm quite aware of my, of my stuff and, you know, any, you know, my sort of triggers and things like that. So, you know, if you have a client that you know is, is going to bring something that could trigger you, you know, there's there's lots of things. I've got supervisor that I can talk to, but even just, you know, the whole reason that I wanted to have the cafe as well is because I've then got a very sociable, a very fun job with colleagues Whereas the therapy stuff, you know, I'm working on my own with clients. And if I did that 24-7, I think that would be too much. But having both jobs kind of, although they're both stressful in different ways, it keeps me sane because I've got that difference between the two. And, and I, you know, if I've had a bad day in one of the jobs, I could, I'm going to the other job the next day. So it's a, it feels like a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a deliberate choice to kind of do both and to be involved with both partly to keep me sane <laughs> so and if i'm sane, then hopefully i can help <laughs> help other people
0: no that makes sense i you know um I, so a question has come up uh, in the chat they have asked what mm-hmm. would your thoughts be about using psychoactive substances in therapy the subject has recently recently saw a lot of attention and shows much potential like these substances uh, have helped people bring out their child mode as it were
1: mm-hmm I think it's, you know, it's not something I know a lot about, so I'm not going to claim to know very much about it. It's something that I'm quite interested in. Um, I know, you know, I know people that have had really positive experiences, you know, in, in taking substances to try and help them get into this child mode. I think for me, I'm encouraging people to, to contact that child mode without using anything so you know without being you take you drinking or without taking any drugs or without kind of filling themselves up on sugar so that they're hyperactive like you know what we what I what I see it as is that we should be able to switch between these modes quite organically and it should happen quite fluidly um yeah I'm very in touch with my child mode and you know and I don't need anything to help with that so I think that's kind of for me, that would be the goal. I think, you know, if we're becoming dependent on a substance or we're using a substance to help us get there, whatever it is, you know, whether it's legal or illegal, you know, that raises questions for me, regardless of, I know there's been lots of studies that have had positive kind of, you know, Positive outcomes, but then you know I'm also quite aware that people can manipulate data to sound positive when actually it's not. So I, I guess I'm a bit skeptical about that.
0: No, that, that's fair. I mean, you know, that's it's not something I know any anything about, but from like an academic point of view, you know, that whole uh yes, a, a study finds well, you one has to scrutinise the methods that they've used and you know the the data and how they've used that and all those sorts of mm. things. But it's an interesting thing to. I don't know, consider i guess you know and, and it's that this is a thing that's happening you know obviously always consult a physician mm-hmm. and don't do anything illegal i guess is good like you know psa um but yeah it's, it's an interesting kind of like this exists and it's a thing mm-hmm. um, certainly um yeah sorry uh so going back to sugar and dice for a minute uh you mentioned like maybe like a few of like fair states and things you've seen that type of stuff uh, yeah. along that kind of line has have you got any sugar and dice like stories like think has anyone like given birth in sugar and dice
1: <laughs> no, no one's given birth, thank god um I'm not sure what I would do <laughs> I'm a trained first aider, but i'm I'm definitely not ready for that um I do you know what I don't know really i know we've we've definitely had. We definitely get a lot of first dates. I know we've had people that have met their partners um, on a date in Sugar and Dice, and they've gone on to kind of be together for a long time. Um, I don't think I've got any any exciting stories on that front, sadly. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to wrap my brains, but I really don't think there's anything. I'll think as soon as we stop, I'll be like, oh, I should have said that. Um, Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean if No, seen... sadly it's
1: it's not that exciting. Do you know of
0: any like first dates that like I don't know if people then got like not necessarily engaged in sugar and dice, but like on like married from from a date in sugar and dice, maybe?
1: Not that I know of. I know people have definitely kind of met at sugar and dice and then they sort of make it a point of coming back for anniversaries. Um but yeah, I don't know if anybody's then gone on to get married or anything like that. I hope they have. That'd be great, but <laughs>
0: I mean, like a board game themed wedding would sound sounds amazing.
1: I mean, what more could you want?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, why not? Okay, yeah. so let's let's take work, put that to one side for a little minute. Yeah. And I realize that you're a very busy person, but <laughs> let's talk about what you like to do when you're not working either of those jobs. There, uh, you mentioned like walking before. Like, what yeah. what do you do to unwind from all that? What do you enjoy doing?
1: Yeah, so um, I love the walking group. So the walking group is called Fill Your Boots. Um, it's a kind of, it's an offshoot of the Ramblers, uh, but it's specifically for kind of young walkers in Merseyside. And it's just one of the best things I ever discovered. I only discovered it uh, just over a year ago. And I've been in Liverpool for donkey's years and it's been going the whole time. And I'm I'm kind of annoyed at myself not finding it before um but they they kind of i'd say i don't drive um so they they put on a minibus and we just meet in town and this minibus picks us up and we go all over we go to the lake district peak district wales shropshire like you know they they literally i get on a bus someone drives me somewhere i follow someone around on a walk for you know a few hours and then someone drives me back and quite often we end up having a pint in the pub or something afterwards. But again, it's like, it's a social experience. Like I've made so many friends there. Everyone's lovely. You've got people from all walks of life, you know, literally we've got university lecturers, PhD students, to people that work in factories or, you know, it's just so varied. Um, And they're just a great bunch of people. So I try and get on on some walks as often as possible. and then I'm I, over lockdown. I bought myself a piano, so I'm also trying to trying to learn the piano. <laughs> Again, that's a slow process. That one, but um, I can play a few things that sound okay. So,
0: <laughs> so the the piano. I mean, like you know, big. I'm a big fan of the instrument. I don't play it myself. I uh, mm-hmm. you know I do guitar a little bit of that, if anything. Where where did that come from? Was the inspiration behind that? Are you, are you going to tell me that? Well, when I was a child, I wanted to play piano. <laughs>
1: I did play piano as a child, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I come from quite a musical family, uh, so as a as a kid, I played the flute and the piano, um, and I kind of, when I was learning the flute, I, I kind of went through all the grades, and I, I got up to grade eight, um, and then I just never did anything with it, so like, and I feel like I, I learned how to pass these grades, but I didn't actually learn how to play the instrument, so Now I've gone back to the piano. Um, I'm determined to learn to just how to play rather than focusing on exams or anything. Um, But that's that kind of has its own frustrations in some ways, because I can't read piano music that well. So I can read flute music fine, but piano music's a bit different. Um, So like if if I want to sight read, I have to play something really, really basic, which is a bit frustrating. Um, But I'm enjoying it. And and throughout lockdown, it passed a lot of time for me. So um, and I was doing something productive and, and that I enjoy, so it's been. A, it was a good purchase. I'm quite happy, but yeah, it takes up a lot of time.
0: Yeah, music is like. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I love music. I love listening to music and, and attempting to play music. <clears throat> Pardon me, sorry. Um, but like you know, as you say, it is. I, like they say, don't. They? It's better to practice for ten minutes a day than play like mm-hmm. one hour a week, right? Because it's kind of muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. I remember learning to read like guitar tablature which, you know, is, <laughs> it's like it's not actual music, quote-unquote. It's not like, you know, quavers and all that sort of thing. Um, but I feel like once you're can once you're familiarized with, like, the language that you're trying to play in, that really helps a lot. Because I, I love the, the expression you said there, like, you learn to play for the grades but not how to play the instrument. Mm-hmm. Like, And that's such a keen dis- distinction. Like, one of my friends, um, like, they learned guitar and they were taught and they were like, oh, yeah, well, like, they, they understood, like, musical theory. And that's mm-hmm. just something I had no comprehension of. I was like, I can pick it up and make it go plinkety plunkety noise. Yeah and like have fun with it, but no no actual like base knowledge. And and it's interesting how those are two different things. Mm. Um
1: Yeah.
0: So so the question in there was, like, you know, what what <laughs> do you like where do you want to sort of get to with your, your piano playing?
1: I guess I just I want to be able to pick up some music and just play it which I can't do at the moment I almost have to kind of memorize it to some extent at the moment um I don't know if you know the composer Ludovico Arnaudi
0: I am I'm not that familiar with classical composers
1: okay well you should look him up because he's amazing he's a, a modern classical Italian composer and it's just the most relaxing lovely piano music you could ever imagine like it's that I I listen to him all the time and I've got a couple of his his books but it's ever so slightly beyond my ability level at the moment so if you know one day if I can pick up one of his books and just play it I'll be super super happy.
0: It's quite funny actually because even as I said that myself like I really enjoy like piano music but a lot of the piano music I listen to is video game soundtracks
1: it was funny you should say that because one of the books I have downstairs that I'm working on at the moment is the Final Fantasy music. Um Let's and I've, I've never played never played Final Fantasy but I love you know I, I one it was my colleague Chris um showed me the book and I was like, "Oh, this is great." So I've been learning a couple of things from from Final Fantasy.
0: Uh, which which pieces have you looked at a lot of uh you know, this is a nerdy channel, a lot of a lot of the people I know <laughs> myself included love Final Fantasy like
1: I'm gonna pronounce this wrong is it zanacund
0: oh zanacund yeah nice
1: yeah so uh that, that's that's probably my favorite out of the book um i'm currently learning tifa's theme Ooh. see i'm just saying words now like because i don't play the game so i don't know like i'm just kind of but like the thing with these pieces of music is that they're not actually that complicated but they're just so beautiful like and it's so lovely to listen to so as soon as i heard zanacund i was like i have to learn this piece of music um and yeah, just just kind of spent a, probably it, it took me a few, you know, it probably took me three or four weeks, but I nailed it, and I was like, I play it all the time,
0: and I'm I mean, not bored of it yet. So. Like that's 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 really impressive, if you don't mind me saying. It, so that's pretty <laughs> good. Uh, I mean, I, the-
1: I'm I'm very determined. You know, once I've decided I'm going to do something, it happens
0: pretty much. So it's it i mean it sounds like it <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm
1: not i'm not sure if this is a positive skill or not at the moment um i, I just kind of kill myself trying to like get some, i'm like but i've decided i'm gonna do it now so i have to do it you know and there's no giving up so um i don't know like i say i don't know if that's good or bad at the moment i haven't haven't decided yet but it's i'm, I'm surviving with it at the
0: moment so. i mean I, th- I think it's a positive skill it shows a bit of conviction i mean If I were to to play the devil's advocate, I suppose, uh, you know, would you rather be someone and I I kinda have done this in the past, where you're like, Well I'll do X, Y, and Z and then just never pursue it, you know, like it's Mm. uh that that's very much the antithesis. That's probably an unfair example, but you know. Yeah,
1: I mean there's definitely things that I still want to do. Whether I'll ever get to do them, I don't know, but you know, maybe I'll win the lottery one day and, and I won't have to work and then I've got time to pursue all of these other
0: things. But I mean, is that like that is not, you know, the, I'm going to say challenge, I'll say the main challenge of like <laughs> adulting, right? Like, it's, yeah. I always joked, you know, I loved playing video games as a kid and I had all the time in the world to play the same five games because I couldn't afford new ones. And now, you know, I can occasionally afford to buy a game. I have a huge library and no time to play them
1: yes yeah 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 you know. it's frustrating being an adult
0: <laughs> yeah uh so what so you'd like to like play that type, like you know, a lot of music what type of stuff do you like to listen to or is that like are they directly kind of linked
1: um, so it depends what I'm doing. If I'm um, if I'm doing a piece of work and I'm concentrating, I, I will. I, I actually I quite it's more modern classical rather than you know kind of your typical classical music. I'm sorry if you can hear my cat meowing in the background right now. <laughs> so, um, I I actually really like it's probably I probably for a psychotherapist it feels very inappropriate, but I really like you know inappropriate comedy music. Um, so I like the Lonely Islands. I like uh, Flight of the Concords. Uh, my partner and I have just discovered this Australian guy on YouTube called Tom Cardi. If you haven't heard of him, look him up. He is hilarious. But, like I say, it feels a little bit inappropriate sometimes, but we've all got to laugh, I guess. So Do
0: you know? It's... He just has the most ridiculous songs. It's funny you say that because I think, like, a lot of the, ironically, psychotherapists that I know of, like, you know, like therapists that I know of, they were like, to to work even in like a psychology field, you kind of have to have a really dark sense of humor because <laughs> like if you can't laugh at like the deepest darkest recesses of the human existence like you just cry right <laughs> like,
1: yeah yeah this guy's clearly had issues in the past but like he, he's you know he's got a creative outlet and he's doing this music and uh, honestly I, I laugh out loud listening to his his little songs like they're just
0: so funny the, the first like co- when you said like comedy artist the first one that came to my mind was like tenacious d like Jack Black. Yeah, like... I, I
1: have. I, I went through a tenacious D phase when I was younger. I feel like I, it's evolved to other things now. But...
0: That's fair enough. I mean, like that's you know, whatever. Whatever you enjoy, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy. Um. Yeah. So I think. Let me just go back. So, like with the walking, you say you just sort of follow someone. Like, if that were me, and again, maybe it's because I'm kind of like a, I'm a bit of a, you know, I like to do like a hundred things at once, if possible. So I'd be like there, mm-hmm. I'd be like enjoying the walk, but I'd be like listening to a podcast or an audio book to be like getting through that as well. Like, do you go and just, I'm going to, it's a bit of a buzzword, but mindfully just enjoy the experience.
1: Um, I think because there's so many people, there's usually about 20 to 30 of us there. So generally I'm talking to somebody. Um,
0: Socializing.
1: We, like, I, yeah, I know, right? Um, I've got kind of, There's quite a few people, like core people, that are there on most of the walks. So like, you know, I've got to know them quite well, but there's often, you know, new people all the time. So there's always somebody new to talk to. Um, But you know, there are times when I'm just kind of walking on my own and appreciating the scenery and just kind of thinking. Um, I think one of the things, one of the main things I like about going out walking is that I am away from the cafe or clients or anything like that. You know, I leave my phone at home, so that is my time that is definitely my free time like you know i can be there and i can just pretend that nothing else is happening whereas you know if i have a day off and i'm at home like the 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 temptation to answer messages or open my emails or you know like i can't resist that so yeah i guess there is a bit of mindfulness involved in it because that's my escape and it feels like my only proper escape at the moment is, you know, I'm on top of a mountain and there is no signal here. So, so that I can't do anything right now.
0: No, I, th- I think you need that. I mean, and obviously like with, with walking, it, it's good for your health as well. You know, um, I always joked, like I enjoy running and it's more for my, it's mm-hmm. as much for my mental health my physical health, you know, because you just, you can focus on nothing else. Like in that moment, nothing else exists apart from the run or the walk.
1: And breathing, and breathing <laughs> so yeah. for me, yeah, it's like, can I still breathe? Like, you know. but yeah, I'm really lucky. I live really, you know, there's like a little footpath down to the river where I am. So you know, in in within five minutes, I'm on the river path and I can go for a run along the river. And yeah, and or I can be in Sefton Park really quickly. Like you know, there, there's just I, I do feel really lucky about where I am because you know I can go for a run or for a walk and just appreciate what is around me and that's i just think that's that keeps me mentally healthy as well
0: i mean you know if, you, if you've been with us before uh you'll you'll know that i am not afraid to big up liverpool and you know I'm, i never say that it's perfect or make any bold claims like that but it would just with that type of thing it does have a lot to offer i remember during my my student days back in the day just walking down the docks can be so nice at times mm. there's something about watching like a nice body of water that is just soothing for the soul yeah um so that's really good um uh, okay let's move on to another little question then so we know sugar and dice's fifth birthday is coming up um uh, mm-hmm. so what is sort of coming up next for like both you know sugar and dice and uh both in your sort of therapeutic kind of work what's the next the next big thing i know we touched on this a little bit for sugar and dice before yeah
1: uh well yeah so um i'm hoping so i very shortly going to be advertising for staff um, so that somebody else can kind of uh, be a manager, which will kind of give me a bit more time to step back and work on marketing um, and and events and things like that. So getting all these ideas up and running. um, Yeah, it's just, it's just all about the events at the moment. I'm just, I really, really want to kind of give myself time to get that up and running and get, you know, the cafe is not full 100% of the time. So it's like, how do we get the cafe to be full all, you know 100% of the time? So that's what I want to kind of step back and focus on in that sense. Um, and then with the therapy work, um, I've only done kind of one-to-one therapy so far. So I'd really like to start a therapy group now, now that we're allowed to meet other people. Um, that's quite exciting. So I kind of want to start a therapy group. I think my first group, I'm going to kind of go for people or, you know, hopefully get people who want to kind of work with social anxiety and I will the plan is to run this group in the cafe and hopefully use some board games to kind of get people socializing with each other and sort of looking at you know why why they feel anxious in social situations and what kind of tools can they use to improve that situation um but then I'm also just about to go on a four-day course um which is all about outdoor therapy Um, So it's not just about delivering therapy outdoors, it's about using the outdoors in therapy work um, and bringing, and you know, and I, I haven't been on the course yet, so I don't know much more than that, but it's about, you know, how can we bring the environment in and how can we use that to, you know, therapeutically with clients um so hopefully once i've done that course i can sort of start doing it i mean, it's obviously like i'm doing the course and then it's going to be horrible weather and all of this but hopefully i can get out there and, and do some work outside as well um so that i'm not just sat in a in a gloomy room all day every day
0: no that again like that sounds really innovative really like necessary, mm-hmm. like the kind of thing that i can see i can see the benefits apart from as you say british weather which is yeah. always reliable and helpful. Yes. Um, I always like But it's ha- not all about the sunny days. Well no, this well, a hey, there we that was a good one. I'll <laughs> give you that. It's not all about the sunny days. That's good. Um this is one that I always like to ask, like, what would be your ultimate blue sky, no limitations kind of idea? Like if you just if there was no limitations, what would you like to do?
1: Uh, so, yeah, I was thinking, I was like, oh, if I could do any job in the world, what would it be? And the first thing that popped up in my mind was to be a panda keeper at Chengdu at the at the centre in China where they breed pandas. I don't know if you've ever watched videos on YouTube, but I'm just in love with the place. Like, they have hundreds of baby pandas. And I'm like, well, what what could go wrong with this job? Apart from the fact that I don't speak Chinese and, you know, all of that aside, um, that would be amazing. I just, yeah.
0: No, I mean it's it's meant um, to be ultimate blue sky. Like,
1: <laughs> but the the problem is, I'm one of these people that like I'll see, you know, I'll meet somebody and they'll tell me about their job, and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. You know, and it's like there's not enough time in the world to to do all these jobs. Like, I'd love to do some sort of wildlife conservation, or like you know, the WWF is one of my favorite charities, and I'd love to go and and do something that makes a difference in the world, and like you know, have be a part of that um But equally, I'd love to go and play in an orchestra that plays for, you know, I don't know a David Attenborough program or something. There's so many things that I just, yeah, would love to go and have a go at, but it will never happen because I never have time. But this I can is, dream.
0: This is perhaps, I don't know, maybe a leading question, but it's funny you kind of say that and frame it in that context because what I've heard through this conversation is that you had these dreams as a child and you've you've achieved them, right? Like you're living the dream yeah <laughs> Like, so it you know I, i'm no therapist maybe you don't put yourself down like you never know what's well, may,
1: maybe right? it will happen then but um i think the, these are future rachel jobs <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like it's not gonna happen right away
0: that's fair enough so i think that's um another way to look at the question then uh what would if you had no limitations for say sugar and dice what would you like to do mm.
1: God, who knows? I mean I'd love to do more I've got all these ideas for doing kind of work that doesn't involve generating income so like you know which when you're running a business doesn't doesn't help you um run a business. I'd love to do um more with you know mental health, you know not charge people to come in. Because, you know, I've, and I and I don't like I say, I don't know how this would work. We've got a couple of GPs that kind of social prescribe people to come to Sugar and Dice and we offer a reduced kind of charge for that. But it would be great to be at a point where we can say you can be prescribed to come to Sugar and Dice and there's no charge or like, you know, and I don't think this can ever happen realistically because it is a business and there's got to be money coming in to pay the staff or whatever. And, you but, know, mental yeah, mental health yeah, provision in the UK, we can dream. Yeah, yeah, that would be great um so something like that would be awesome um i had another thought and i've completely forgotten what it was but <laughs> it's
0: like i mean so yeah. one one question i would ask is that like have you ever thought about and again the term maybe sounds a bit dirty but like sugar and dice like franchise do you do you ever envisage a world where there'll be more than one sugar and dice
1: yeah it I, so when, before I started Sugar dice, I did a business course. And for them to to run one successful business was not enough. And, and I ended up saying like, oh, well, I can franchise it as a bit of a panicked, like, you know, this is how we can expand. In reality, managing one is enough at the moment. <laughs> like, you know, there's all these problems that pop up that, you know, I think people have a very romanticized idea about what running a cafe is like. And they don't think about all these problems that could come up and the time that they take to fix or the stress that they take to fix. And and I spend an awful lot of my free time, free time like, you know, time when I'm not actually working, fixing problems. Like, so, for example, like the water just stopped for four hours the other day. Like, you know, you can't run a cafe with no water. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's just, it's little things like that that people don't even think about. And, you know, that's not the first time this has happened. So... Yeah, there's lots of issues that. Yeah, I don't know. It just ends up taking a lot of time.
0: This is this is maybe so yeah. To, having
1: one is enough. <laughs> this is this is maybe
0: trying to tap into that entrepreneurial kind of area. But what are sort of the most common issues that you run into that people maybe don't know about? So I can, for example, imagine someone saying, "Well, well, like Rachel Sugar and Dice is busy. Why don't you expand and make more room or move or something like that, and maybe not have." The conception of all the other things that would go with that
1: yeah so you know we we are busy and people always sort of say to me oh well I walk past and it's always busy and I think that's people's perception but you know there are times when we're not busy um so there are times when you know we're, we're not completely full and we're not at capacity and we're not kind of taking as much as we could do but equally, like on a Saturday and a Sunday, we're turning people away, especially at the moment, because we haven't got all the tables back yet, because we don't want to pack people in like we did before. So, you know, I can see how the perception from the outside is, oh, you should get a bigger place. But, you know, with a bigger place, you've obviously got bigger rents and then, you know, you need more staff and, you know, they cost a lot of money. Um You know, and there's all these, then it costs more money to heat the place or, you know, it costs more money for aircon, or, you know, it, it, it all kind of. Costs a lot more money very, very quickly, and actually, I think one of the reasons that sugar and dice is successful and does feel like a safe place at the moment is because it 's small, so you know I can stand behind the counter and I can see every single person in the cafe you know so if somebody picks up a rule book, I know that they need help with their game, or you know if somebody picks up a menu, I can see that they probably want to order something, and I should go over quite quickly you know so we've got a lot of control at the moment with it being so small. And I feel like if we got bigger, would it be the same? You know, would it, would it lose all of that? And I think that's what makes it good and what people like. And like the atmosphere would be different because you'd need more people to create the same amount of noise. And so it's not as simple as just, oh, you should get a bigger place. You know, there's a lot of an awful lot of things to consider and, Sadly, money's (laughs) money's money's a big part of that, you know, and it's, you know, so I guess in answer to your question before, like, you know, if the options were limitless, we'd have a huge, huge space, but we'd break it off into lots of little rooms so that we could still have the atmosphere and control it in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, we, I, I was looking at a bigger place just before COVID, and, and I'm so glad that we didn't quite take the plunge. Because I think if we if we had a place that you know had a, a much bigger rent, we wouldn't have made it. So you know, there's there's a lot of blessings in having a small place.
0: So a couple more questions have kind of come to mind. So I apologize that I didn't get to prerequisite these with you. Um, okay. But <laughs> the first one is. Like, what are, if any, like, the questions that you maybe get the most or you're maybe sort of sick of answering? Like, are there any questions that you get all the time that that almost get annoying?
1: Um, everybody asks me if I know the rules to every single game. Everybody. They're like, oh, do you know all of these games? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody knows all of these games. <laughs> like, you know. Um, so yeah, if I had a pound for every time somebody asked that, I'd be, I'd be doing quite well. Um, everybody always asks what my favorite game is. Um, and I, you know, and I, they don't, these questions don't annoy me, but I'm always like, well, I feel like that's asking somebody to choose their favorite child. Like, you know, <laughs> and it's like, I like, it depends what mood I'm in or it depends who I'm with or, you know, what game I want to play. So yeah, there's that kind of thing. I think generally speaking, like, you know, I meet people, like, say at the walking group, I'll meet people and they'll be like, oh, what do you do? And I almost want to just sort of go, oh, I work in a cafe (laughs) to to put the conversation to bed. Because, you know, you start, you say, oh, I own a board games cafe. And they're like, wow, like, tell me more. And I'm like, oh, God. So I feel like I spend a huge amount of time talking about this this cafe. And, like, sometimes I'm like, it's not fed up of it, but sometimes it would be nice to... I, I don't know how to word this. Like, people just get so excited about it. And sometimes I'm just like, do you know what? I'm I'm here on a walk. I'm in uh, halfway up a mountain to get away from it. <laughs> like, you know, and, and I'm still being asked, you know, the ins and outs of it all the time. And it's obviously, it's great publicity and, you know, it brings people in. But, yeah, sometimes I'd like a day off where I, I'm just... Yeah, you know, I, I just work in a cafe, and it's actually not that exciting, and nobody wants to ask any questions about it, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, there's that kind of like meme being like uh, involved in psychology. It's like when someone hears you do psychology and they tell you all your problems, and you're like, "Oh, that's great," um, but I'm not on the clock, so <laughs> <laughs> like that's nice. Sometimes
1: because... I joke. Yeah, sometimes I'll be like, "And it will be forty pounds if you want to carry on," like you know, but um yeah. It it really it genuinely doesn't bother me, but there are times when I'm like, do I actually want to tell people what I do, or do I want to just kind of deflect the question a little bit?
0: Yeah, no, and it, and you know what, like in a, in a weird way, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, ultimately for you, like it might be the first time they hear it, but it's like the millionth time you've told the story, right? Yeah, and yeah. Like, you know, it is it is what it is, especially when you're at a point where you're deliberately trying to relax or not engage with work, and then all people want to do is talk about yeah.
1: work. Like... And, and people are always... Like, genuinely, people are trying to be super helpful. They're like, oh, you should do this. And I'm like, we do. Like, you know, or, oh, you should get this game. And I'm like, yes, yes, we have five copies. Of, you know, and it's... People are genuinely trying to be helpful, but sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. <laughs>
0: so... I actually remember once I... I pitched to you guys like a board game speed dating event. I remember. I remember. What... And do you know what? That is on
1: my li- my never-ending list of things to look into. I, I genuinely like haven't dismissed it. It just—it's time.
0: Yeah, like I mean, I have no idea how that would work like nowadays, um, but like.
1: Yeah I think it would be interesting especially seeing as we've got such a big LGBT following it's like you know would do do you then separate it out and you know we've got male female dating and then we've got LGBT dating or you know how do you do that without discriminating or excluding or upsetting like you know it's like how do we make it completely inclusive do, you know that's the kind of because I think it's an awesome idea, and like I say, we get loads of people on dates, so it's clearly like a thing that people want. But then, how to run it as an event is something different.
0: Honest, I mean, like, I, like now we're just we're just talking shop now. Well, like I almost would yeah. just be like, <laughs> the whole point is that everyone at the event is there because they want a date, and then just at the end, you just fill out your card, and then like if if two yeah. people say yes, they get matched, and it's like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter who's because if you know if you put down that you like them, then you like them, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, maybe we should talk more about this another time. <laughs> just, I, just as I, say, I, I remember it was like a fever dream, but it's just those kind of like, whimsical ideas because I was that person. This would be a great idea. Um, yeah, but it's just you know we talked a bit about the the spaces that board games create and like you know mm. you say a lot of like first dates. I mean, I've been in there with like you know like my, my partner at the moment. You we we like frequent sugar and dice. And it's nice to that type of thing. Um, so let's just talk a little bit about then uh cuz we spoke about just before we sort of came on air as it were about like how have you found the response to to sugar and dice, and how does that make you like feel.
1: Yeah, so we were talking about a little bit about this earlier. Um people people seem to love sugar and ice like you know and and people get very enthusiastic about it. Um you so don't you don't know, say so obviously like I work in the cafe um quite you know three days a week at the moment um so I'm there quite a lot and you know people people will be chatting to me and I'll be telling them about it and they're like oh my god like you know I love this place or you know whatever when they find out I'm the owner like they're just like oh my god like you know this is awesome like and you know people just kind of go to town um I used to find it so embarrassing like i'd be like oh god please stop like i can't i can't listen to this anymore like i really really struggled with it um i i've got like i do like it now um and it's really really sweet that people like it and but yeah it took me a long time to kind of learn to take the compliment and or learn to take the compliment and believe it as well um so, yeah, so to hear, hear people get excited about it. And, you know, we'll get groups that come in and they will be their first time. And they're like, oh, my God, like, look at all these games. And I'm like, actually, this is quite a small collection of games. And they're like, what? Like, you know, so it's just, yeah, it's really, it is lovely. And, you know, during lockdown, because so many people love it, like, you know, we I got so many messages of support from people. You know, people were finding me on Facebook and sending me little messages saying that they hope I'm OK and... I think there was a period where like I, I didn't really do any social media posts and there wasn't really any reason. I just, you know, I just kind of ran out of things to write about during lockdown and and pe- customers were like checking in like, oh, is everything all right? Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, like it's fine. So it's it's super, super sweet the way people respond and people are always offering me help you know, and I'm like, you're a customer, like, no, you can't be doing that. Like, you know, it's fine. Or, you know, people are like, oh, I can see you're busy. Do you need me to come and do some dishes? And I'm like, no, you're a customer. Like, so it's just, yeah, it's it's super sweet. And it, you know, it is very heartwarming. And it does, you know, when you, even when it's really, really busy there, when people are being so positive about it, like, you know, I go home with a massive smile. It sounds really cheesy, but I go home smiling you know, and sometimes we close at 10 o'clock, but I'm still there chatting to people until half past 10 because they're so excited about it. And, you know, it, it is very, very sweet and it's it's nice. And it's it's made me give other places positive feedback, like directly as well, because I'm like, well, I like that. So if I've gone somewhere else and I really like it, you know, I, I take the time to leave a re- review or tell them or because I know how nice it feels to kind of have that. So, yeah.
0: In in a weird way, I mean, again, like I'm I'm saying this as a customer or someone that openly loves Sugar and Dice, you know, we kind of oversell, I think particularly in like the, the streaming space and the content creation space, the phrase like community. Everyone's trying to build a community. We want to, you know, and people build those type of spaces for different reasons. Mm. But I genuinely feel with like Sugar and Dice, you have fostered that sense of community a little bit. Like even if you're only there and like you're with friends and you go because they're on a day trip or whatever, you, the atmosphere we've kind of mentioned that a few times like when you get through the door is really unique that kind of like mm. welcoming like you know we've all been to places where like you i'm gonna say tentative about asking a member of staff or something or it goes the other way where staff would like on you like flies <laughs> <laughs> you yeah know, it's a bit much um whereas like you know with with, with children like you you, you said there, you're able to observe you, you're able to, like, oh, see someone needs some help, and then you go over and you try and assist them. That that feeling's, like, really there for me, you know, like, as as a customer, and even to, like, elements where, like, I know, I've, you know, played games for the first time in Sugar and Dice, like, Boss Monster, for example, and, like, I have, like, really fun memories of playing that game with people, and then when I've played the game mm-hmm. again, it's, like, the, those two things are linked, or, like, I've bought a game from playing it in Sugar and Dice, and then mm-hmm. the two are kind of, like, interlinked, you know? Like, like, like yeah. it or not, you know, like my first and experience was at Sugar and Dice. It's going to, I'm going to take that with me, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, you know, I guess people do have a lot of, you know, first experiences is there. Like, you know, and it's. Yeah, people come in and, and they don't know that there's more to board games than Cluedo and Monopoly. And they they come in and they're just so amazed. And then you show them a game like Pandemic, which is cooperative and you're all working together to beat the game. And, you know, people are mind blown by this concept. And it's so much fun to be able to create that space for people. So, yeah, it's I, I love it when people are like, oh, can you, can you recommend a game? Like, and, and I'll take some over and they're like, oh, yeah and you'll teach them this game and then you'll see them playing it like again and again and again and that is a really nice feeling
0: you know it's that like people kind of joke there's that joke like whenever you go to like a restaurant or something that you always end up ordering the same thing because you know it's good like i kind of do that when i go to sugar and dice like okay well i definitely want to play this and this because they've got it and i don't yeah and then i'm like but i almost don't have time to try something new because i want to play all the other games i know (laughs) i like like, yeah and as you say you've got a rotating expanding like collection like you do a really good job of um showcasing the new stuff on social media and things like that like um so yeah i i, I this is just one big long compliment i guess on my part which is bad oh, uh, yeah. bad hosting. <laughs> yeah. but like it just <laughs> like it just works and it just you know i've been to like other similar sort of styles of cafes you know it's something that i think we did see pop up but nothing quite feels the same way sugar and ice does and that ultimately mm. comes down to you and and the staff right
1: yeah well thank you <laughs> i do i do try and uh, i do try to be friendly like you know it's like because it can be quite intimidating if you actually don't know any games to walk in and see that big wall of games you're like oh my god where do i start like is this going to be super like i mean i remember not even that long ago, you know, maybe seven, eight years ago, playing playing a game with some people, and I just did not get it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst experience of my life. Everyone must think I'm really stupid. Like, you know, and it really kind of made me really, really anxious. And and I guess from that experience, I want to make sure that people come in and they don't feel that. And, you know, they, they can come and have fun and, and pick up a game within five minutes and be playing and having a nice time. So I guess... um hyper vigilant in that sense of I don't want to just ignore people and for them to come and be like open a game, look at it for 10 minutes and go nah, don't, it's not for me when actually, like you know there's there's a game for everybody in there. I'm convinced of it
0: I mean I would 100% say that like some of my favourites that I've played Sugar and Dice and then I've played since or bought, like Boss Monster is one, that's that's great uh, I remember playing that day with my friend uh, Cube Quest, there's another fun one Like, again, like saying that, like a quote unquote post COVID era sounds a bit weird, but like you flicking cubes at your opponent's cubes and cubes fly everywhere, and it's just silly fun, right?
1: There's a lot of getting out of your seat to pick up cubes off the floor (laughs) as well in that
0: one. And I am gonna, I'm not gonna ask the question of what your favorite game is, but you sort of told us a bit about what you like. So, I suppose to, to frame it another way, what what are your favorite type of games? Like you walk in to Sugar and Dice, you bought a bunch of friends, like what sort of stuff do you want to be playing?
1: It's so hard because it depends who I'm with. Like I say, I, I guess if, if I was going to pick a game that I wanted to play, I quite like worker placement games. Um, so one of my favorites is called Viticulture. Um, so it's all about making wine. Um, and it's it's not because it's about making wine that I like it, but it's like the artwork is beautiful um, and you have to place your kind of people down to to perform certain actions. So, and I think with viticulture, it's like the whole theme of the game. Like, you know, so you literally have to plant grapes in order to then harvest your grapes, to crush them up, to bottle them, to then fulfill an order. And I don't know. I don't know what it is about that game, but I just... I really, really like it, and I, I've never got bored of it. And I play it again and again and again. And yeah, I've, I've got the expansions, but I think I've only played one of them once because actually the base game is is enough. And I just think it's beautiful, and and it's nice to enjoy a glass of wine whilst playing it. Obviously, but you know,
0: yeah, I know we said that before as well. But I think just even it's like you're yeah, that, I think many people who listen this listen to this will maybe go, oh, that reminds me of this video game because the farming sims are so popular games like stardew valley yeah. harvest moon and animal Crossing even although you can't make wine mm-hmm. in that. Um but i do <laughs> think like you are right there's something different that i mean I, weirdly enough i was at a conference today when they talked about board games and and um, things like that and how different they are to like video games but there is something different about physically having like your resources like in hand and planting your people and you know that type of motion So I think the fact Mm. that that type of game is is one of your favourites is is lovely. And it's funny that you see things go the other way, where you see video games then create board games. Mm -hmm. And so many people are like, oh, it's just not the same.
1: Mm. I think I, I, I might be wrong saying this, but Plague Inc. was a video game before it was a board game.
0: I think that may be correct, yeah.
1: I think that's true, and, and people often come in and they go, "Oh, oh all Inc. like you know." I've I've never played the video game, but I think it. I think there are differences between the two. But playing the board game is a great game. Like I played it a few days ago with some friends, and it's just yeah, it's like the reverse of pandemic. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but it's just good fun.
0: Um, okay, I am conscious of time. I don't want to take too much of your time. Uh, I will ask maybe because you know you're the type of person that would know. Uh, have you got any board games um, that you're really excited about that are coming out that maybe you know listeners at home haven't quite got the chance to get their hands on just yet?
1: Um, so um, I went to the UK Games Expo last month um, and there there were a lot of... I mean, it was much smaller this year than it usually is. Um, there's a couple of games coming up that I think are going to be super popular. So one of them is Deck Chairs on the Titanic. Um which is on <laughs> Kickstarter. Well, what it, it's funded on Kickstarter, so we we did um, put a pledge in for that one. Um, but you've got all these like little deck chairs. But as the boat kind of tips in the waves, like all the deck chairs kind of move around, and it's got all these really cute little little deck chair pieces. So I think that one's a good one to look out for that I'm I'm quite excited about. Um, and then I've, I said before I like animals, so there was another game. I think it was called Snapchat, Snapshot. Snapshot which is going to be coming on to kickstarter very soon and it's all about going out and capturing the photographs of different animals um and i you know i just saw that and i was like yes you put my name down for your kickstarter like immediately (laughs) so they're they're probably the main two that we saw there that i was i was like yeah definitely definitely want to get on board with those
0: that's pretty good okay um, the last few questions i have are all quick fire ones and uh, you know full disclosure to listeners i do send these to my guests ahead of time um, <laughs> but the idea is and i always completely admit i kind of nick the idea from desert island discs um but you're going on a desert island retreat it's a retreat you're not stranded you're choosing to go for vacation purposes because self-care is important you're going what do you take and you can take one film or like you know one one dvd shall we say including box sets one album one book and in this special case i usually say video game but we'll say game or board game specifically what do you take with you
1: okay so um i'm not a big film buff and i'm not a big video gamer so i i, I was thinking about these for a long time film wise i think i mentioned the lonely islands before which is you know a, a comedy band and they they have a a film called pop star never stop never stopping um, and it's like a mockumentary about um, a pop star so uh, again it just makes me laugh so that would be my film uh one album uh, again i mentioned it already tom cardi um just silly makes me giggle but they're, they're not just silly they're really good songs as well so it, you know he kind of ticks a lot of boxes um book um I absolutely love the His Dark Materials trilogy um just I love everything about that I could read those books again and again and again um and then board game oh, I mean it's so hard to pick just one um
0: I'll let you have the expansions and, and, um, as well
1: <laughs> <laughs> so probably board game it, it probably would be Viticulture i just yeah viticulture or you or or something like you know taco cat goat cheese pizza because it's a quick silly make me laugh kind of game um but i would struggle to really just pick one out of out of all the board games that we have
0: and that is completely understandable i always at the end of these like to offer you the opportunity if you've got any questions for me
1: that there, I, th- I feel like I have so many questions that we could spend another hour and a half. Now <laughs> another hour and a half chatting, um, but I will I will bother you next time you're in the cafe with <laughs> with a lot of those questions. Um, just you know, because I want to talk more about like the the charities that you're involved with and and you know the kind of geeky side of psychology that you're involved with. So, but like I say, I feel like it would be such a long conversation. <laughs> like I don't know if don't know if now is the time and place for it.
0: That is fair enough. It, it sounds like a really interviewish thing, but I always just think it's it's quite nice to uh, turn the tables a little bit and just be like, yeah, no, you can ask yeah. me something. Uh, <laughs> but if that... I don't know
1: where to start. That's the problem. Like there's so many, there's so many different avenues.
0: Well, I mean, that, that encapsulates the beauty of what I try to do when I set up this, this podcast is just talking to people about what they do. Cause I personally find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so all it remains for us to do really is bring the episode to a close so mm-hmm. uh, Rachel I want to say thank you very much for joining me I appreciate and respect if you spent some of your time with me uh, I want to say thanks thank to you everyone for me. <laughs> I want to say thanks to everyone who has uh, joined us and listened it means a lot um, so yeah we will just sort of say goodbye I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have uh, Rachel as ever I have been psyched to be with you it's been a real pleasure uh, i'm just gonna move over to the it's ending thing for the twitch viewers um and yeah thanks so much for watching everyone and listening we will see you again very soon take it easy look after your mind body and soul and we'll see you again bye bye well thank you so much for listening to another episode of psych to Be with you i really hope you enjoyed it as much as i did as ever if you did enjoy it please leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts it really really helps if you want to keep up with all things blind psyche check out the episode description for a link or you can go direct to linktr.ee ee forward slash blind psyche thank you so much for listening as ever look after your mind body and soul and i will see you again very very soon bye bye